0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the home spun yak. I never realized that that rhymed until just that moment. Hey Kyle, hey. do you drink coffee?
1: I do actually drink coffee. Why do you ask?
0: <laughs> this is not at all rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I had just asked you for
1: Folgers. Ooh. No,
0: it is not for highly expensive coffee like Folgers. Uh, <laughs> no, I was curious if you if your teeth stain, and if they do, if there's anything that you do uh, against that.
1: Wow, yeah, they do actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I noticed this uh, pretty, pretty profoundly last week, actually. Uh, I thought I had stuff all over my teeth, and uh, upon closer inspection, <laughs> it was uh, a pretty severe brown stain directly mm-hmm. due to my coffee consumption. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is, you know, every morning I'll drink at least a cup of coffee and uh, try to brush my teeth immediately after with an electric toothbrush followed by <laughs> <Okay>. a mouthwash <laughs> regimen. And that seems to... Do <laughs> that seems to help uh slightly but probably think...
0: no one finds this funny but <laughs> I do because we just had this conversation and you filled in several details that were not in the original conversation
1: <laughs> you have to play it up for the, uh, for the audience oh yeah
0: the stain really had me worried I was like whoa where's this going now
1: <laughs> yeah and how often do you drink coffee
0: so i stopped actually for a long time because of the teeth staining issue but and i've been i told you i've been self uh consuming well yeah i've been doing that too (laughs) but uh self self dosing caffeine but it doesn't coffee has a certain i don't know what it is maybe it's some other substance it must be that seems to have an added benefit that I don't get from just the straight caffeine. So yeah. I switch back to consuming just a little bit of coffee and now I'm trying out these metal straws to bypass ah. my teeth. Yes, ingenuity, because not all of us are blessed with electronic toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to manually, I actually just use a pick and, uh, <laughs> and I just manually scrape each tooth uh you know like a plebeian so (laughs) so i don't i don't have that luxury so i'm really trying to avoid the the teeth discoloration effect but yes i've started to brush my teeth right after i i uh i I consume coffee as opposed to once a week like i used to
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i've noticed that when i go to the dentist which is very rare okay i hate the dentist I'm going to be honest with it, with you here. I hate the dentist. But when yeah. I do go, it's like, you know, for a cleaning, mm-hmm. um, you know, you go in and you might have stains on your teeth and they're completely gone. And it just looks like I have a completely new <laughs> color of teeth. <laughs> yeah. Until the next morning. And then morning. your mouth is numb or your mouth is sore for about two days because uh-huh. they just... Scrape and scrape with the pick, and meanwhile they're throwing insults at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
0: you may want to switch dentists. <laughs> oh no, this is experience. universal.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they love okay. to. They love to. Uh, I don't know, insult you for your hygiene or your your right. dental practices. Like everybody's a dentist and cares that much about you. Know, oh. oh, I every see what you mean. Detail yeah, detail of your. Teeth cleaning regimen every day. Oh, yeah. Like, how are you not flossing and uh, twice a day and brushing <laughs> at least three times a day? Like, right? How are you not prioritizing that? Like, well, I'm <laughs> trying to live my life. And, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> please don't uh, harass me while I'm strapped down to this chair. <laughs> I know my gums are bleeding. I know that. I can feel that they're bleeding.
0: You're the cause. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Please stop punishing me. I don't think flossing would
1: build up my gums enough for a a razor-sharp pick to be digging in and not, you know, causing blood. So just just shut your mouth and clean and tell me if I got a cavity or not, and that's it. And then I'll go to the dentist more. But until I can find a dentist who doesn't want to shame you. (laughs) then then i'll go because there are benefits to going to the dentist i've heard (laughs) i've heard yeah
0: yeah so so have i uh but you're right actually that's true they always they always try to throw it a few digs at you they're they're pretty (laughs) they're pretty like coming from the side like so so what have you how's it been going with the whole like dental just to just to catch up just to see how that's going (laughs) Uh, And and then everybody lies, of course. Like, yeah, you know, I brush like five times a day. I don't really know what the problem is. (laughs) And then they just look at you for like a second, and then they, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's that's what happens.
1: Well, let me show you actually how to floss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because
0: they can't directly call you out.
1: Yeah, this is what you call dental floss. Like, okay, I know what it is.
0: Have you seen the stick with bristles on it? (laughs) That is a toothbrush. You're
1: gonna want to do circular motions. (laughs) Circular?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's probably what the problem is. Uh, And then you go in six months later. Up and down. Yeah, exactly. You go back six Man. months later and you have the same conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, maybe my toothbrush has expired. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah. yeah,
0: I've noticed they've started pushing the electronic toothbrush as well because it it okay. rotates for you. So. Yeah. You know he, even a monkey can can <laughs> can, can use it, and therefore it's not an issue. If
1: it slows the spread of staining.
0: Oh, there we go. Uh, you know what's funny though the va- the vanity of and I will admit like I've gotten much better with like teeth cleaning and stuff just because I had one terrible experience with a tooth that the nerve was was oh. uh, showing holy shit i i have just never like experienced being
1: electrocuted
0: i felt i it felt like somebody was taking an icicle or a knife yeah. and just jamming it into my mouth repeatedly i remember i woke up in the middle of the night and i was in Crying. greenville oh i was i no i definitely cried no doubt i definitely cried so i know you were taking a jab at me to like. <laughs> <laughs> to, to make I'm the audience laugh but i'm just I, i'm literally telling people i cried um, because the only thing that would help was putting swishing water through it but that would only help for maybe five seconds so i had this gallon jug of water that i just kept wow. swishing through so i woke up at like two in the morning and i'm pacing in my room like a tiger in a in a zoo yeah and just going back. I cannot think about anything else except for this pain. And then I call my dentist up once they open and they're like, okay, yeah, you can come in. So I drive all the way to Raleigh. So I drive an hour and a I guess like two (laughs) hours to my dentist. I have this massive gallon of water, which is starting to get low. I mean, of course I filled it up before I went, but about at the halfway point, because again, it only helps for about five seconds. So I have to piss like a racehorse <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving as fast as I possibly can I pull over on the side of the road on and the pee real quick yeah on the highway <laughs> 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 pee real quick run back into my car because at this point the pain is back because I'm not <laughs> I'm not swigging water <laughs> as I'm pissing I can't Constantly. do both at the same time I mean come on I'm like I, I can't That's do true. two things at once so then I, I run back into my car and just take off and get to the dentist and they finally like they patched me up. So I will say after that experience, I took not that I didn't do anything for my dental health, but ever since then I took it way more seriously than I used to just because of that. But I will say the vain aspect now is this whole I don't want to have stains on my teeth. So I don't yeah. want to be I don't have I don't wanna be brown tooth McGee. I know. So I've been trying different things.
1: Yeah, and, and there's definitely, like, teeth whitening things that you can do as well. Have you ever tried that? Um, it's Once, when I got my braces off, I did. And that mm-hmm. was over 10 years. That was, I don't know how old you are in, like, sixth grade or the eighth grade. Yeah,
0: that's a good question.
1: But yeah, it was around that time. Yeah. <laughs> because, like. I guess, like, thirteen. Yeah. And um there can be marks from you know, where the they put the braces on initially yeah. and then if your teeth like get slightly yellow or, or different color around mm-hmm. Yeah, that that, makes sense. Then it can so I try last time I went to the dentist they tried to like they always try to do these extra things like, Oh, we can like, cause I chipped my tooth when I was younger, mm-hmm. and they put like a cap on it. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. And it's a tooth directly. Well, I don't, I don't know what. It's like your front top two teeth. Mm-hmm. It's the one directly to the right of that. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh well, this one's like a little, like the coloration is a little bit different, and. We can, like, replace the cap on it to a better material and just make it a little, a lot more better for the future so you don't have to worry about it maybe, like, breaking off again or something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, while you're at it, you might as well whiten your whole <laughs> mouth as well. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I mean... I guess if if it's the best thing to do like let's look into it and they're like they came back and they're like well (laughs) you know insurance really doesn't cover um teeth whitening well that and like um like i don't know like if it's not a real problem like a cavity or a root canal if it's like all um god what would you call it like uh, voluntary uh, elective, elective, yeah, where it's like just strictly like making your teeth look a certain way, not for health benefits necessarily. Uh, right, like plastic surgery almost. Yeah, um, you're like, well, they don't really help out with that, so it would be about two thousand dollars. <laughs> just like really, like. <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah. I think I can spend that on something else. I mean, maybe one day I'll do it, but it just seemed Mm. a little bit outrageous for this tiny little thing they were going to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always ask myself in situations (coughs) like that is if I can just figure out the ingredients of what they're going to (laughs) use, I can probably do it myself. Yeah. I do think that way often when it comes to different, like, chemical uh, agents that they're going to use.
1: Yeah, and there's a ton of, like, teeth whitening, you know, things that you can do by yourself. Yeah, right. Find at the store or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, there's our dental update for everybody. Yeah. And you got some advice from Kyle. <laughs>
1: don't go to the test. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to the dentist <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> uh,
0: on a lighter note I'd love to talk about your opinions on unmarked kidnappings in Oregon
1: <laughs> oh god <laughs> well um, I haven't dived too deeply into this but um, what appears to have happened is I guess federal agents were sent to Oregon yeah uh, in order to maybe quell potential... The rebellion. Uprisings. <laughs> 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 and I guess people are being thrown in vans and taken away. Yep. Is that That's, what's happening?
0: That is that is what is happening.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But it's right. not even like they're being arrested in a classical way. Like, So one of the people that was arrested told his story, and the journalist that was telling the story said that this guy was at a protest then was walking back to his car to leave and which was several blocks away from the protest and then a van just came up and five guys came out with rifles put a bag over his head threw him in the in the van then drove him to an undisclosed location got him out and it wasn't until he was inside the building that he found out he was in the federal building or whatever like you know, a, a, a building in, in the city, pretty common yeah. building. And then, uh, I don't exactly know what happened. I'm assuming they just asked him questions and stuff like that. And then they took, they went through all of his stuff and without obviously his permission or anything like that, never charged him of anything. Uh, he asked to see his lawyer and they just let him go and they didn't do any paperwork whatsoever. So he's still not sure if he's even been charged with anything so yeah that's normal that's perfectly okay <laughs> and i'm glad this is happening you know what's uh, scary about any of this stuff and we've talked about this before that famous people are some of these like really weird things that happen i don't ever feel like there's any consequences to it and i'm i'm afraid that we're starting to see cracks in the constitution and seeing cracks in how the american government functions in that we can we can have like a judge be like, "Hey, that's not okay," and then it's supposed to go over to law enforcement, and law enforcement is supposed to be like, "Okay, we will now enact this judgment that you you gave," like the judicial and executive branch. But I don't feel like any of that stuff ever happens. It's just like, "Hey, that's not okay," and then nothing happens. That's what the, it feels uh,
1: like. I know, especially now, and I'm wondering if it's like because there were violent um, aspects of certain protests throughout the country by the protesters. Um, Obviously, there were violent instigations by the police as well. But, you know, I'm just wondering, like, if the federal government now sees any sort of mass protest as a 100 percent direct link to this very likely could escalate to violence therefore if they're gonna protest it's going to be violent and if that's the case then we must use violence as well it's like they're trying to justify the state is trying to justify using um, violence as a means to subdue a potential threat, whether it's justified or not. So, like, their argument is like, "Well, you you drew first blood, so now we have to prevent this from ever happening again and just smash it." And they labeled Antifa a terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if there's any because I know there's a big antifa i guess stronghold in portland and i'm wondering if these kidnappings are any way related to that or you know these interrogations and just snatching people up because that's kind of how you would view like the military performing operations on terrorists in foreign countries where it's like We come in, we grab you, we interrogate you to find out more information about your organization. And that's kind of seeming like what's going on here. Is it like we're trying to find, like, the Antifa people and, like, are you Antifa? What do you know if you don't tell us? Blah, blah, blah. We don't have to treat you like a normal arrest or a normal Mm. person because you're a terrorist. I don't know. That's just where my mind goes when i see stuff like that i'm not it's not justifiable at all like you said and it's escalating into the government having a lot more power just because they have the aggressive or violent means to conduct and enforce that
0: right yeah so i I did i hadn't actually thought of that that's certainly possible and you're right then in that situation technically it's justified under law but then i'm curious who decides who has the power to decide what is a terrorist organization what isn't Um, that's because then you start have start defining things with a broad brush
1: yeah um All I know is that President Trump tweeted <laughs> we are now considering Antifa an official terrorist organization in all caps as soon as the protests started a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whoever decides that, whatever committee that is, how powerful it is in every state, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that the Congress has to approve or the Senate, House of Representatives. I mean, is there a bill that has to get passed? You would think, but it seemed very easy to just make that statement and then see you later.
0: Yeah, which happens a lot with our current presidency.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, with that, it's like, and everybody knows my thoughts on trump and i've made it pretty clear from the (laughs) get-go and it's almost time for the election in november and he has made it you know throughout these past four years just incredibly easy to not vote for him oh yeah but It's very difficult for me to vote for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. So it's just a tough, like, you know, I I, I don't know what's going to happen in November because I feel like a ton of people share that sentiment. And not that I'm going to be like, well, I'm just scared that Joe's going to lose his mind halfway in. So I'm going to vote Trump. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. But it's just it's we've just been put in a very unfortunate situation regardless.
0: Yeah. So then you have to hope that the the cabinet and the vice president of Joe Biden are capable individuals, I suppose, in yeah. that situation. Ultimately, that's you either have a bad president, bad cabinet, bad Uh, vice president or you have bad president good vice president good cabinet you know that's kind of what you hope for it's kind of shitty but
1: yeah i mean you would hope for a guy that would actually listen to his advisors and
0: right yeah which he would i'm pretty pretty certain
1: i think he would over (laughs) over the current person oh yeah so at least there's the hope of that, but that's just still the, uh, a hope that shouldn't have to be there.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, at least at least he wouldn't take away CDC data from yeah. uh, or take data away from the CDC, which is another great great endorsement of <laughs> Donnie T. <laughs>
1: oh man. Yeah, and it's it's still kind of weird that. I don't know how quickly people normally do this, but the fact that we're nowhere closer to who his vice president will be is kind of strange.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what's going on with that.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, it won't matter as much because there's not going to be really campaigning going on? Uh, It certainly matters for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it matters. um, I don't know. I'm just thinking for the – I don't know why he would delay this long. I'm just trying to think of different different reasons behind why, because they've pretty much said that all campaign operations – for the Biden uh, Biden train are gonna be parked in his basement <laughs> for the foreseeable future, which is kind of interesting as you get closer because you wanna see and you generally have these presidential debates and vice presidential debates. Yeah. Which I, I don't even know if those are gonna happen. I, unless you do it over Skype, which is just so, which would be terrible.
0: I think I think they'll still do it. I think they'll they'll do uh they'll just give everybody COVID tests and just separate yeah. them. Like I I think ultimately it'll be fine. Probably won't have an audience or anything like that.
1: Right. Yeah that that those will be interesting as well. I mean I just think that if you. If you don't have them, which which I would want to have them, um, Mm -hmm. just because it's a normal process. Um, If you don't have them, I think it's an advantage to Biden. If you do have them, I think it, it could be an advantage to Trump. Just based on how the last ones went with Hillary Clinton, and especially now that when you hear Joe Biden speak, it's like, it's very tough um, because he's (laughs) not it just doesn't appear that he's all there and then if you get him in a volatile circumstance with Trump then I think Trump is going to just obviously not probably not answer the question but he's just going to attack Biden and hit him with hammers and sure just completely roast that guy
0: that's a good point
1: yeah and i mean obviously i can you and i can see through that and see that you know this is not a roast this is a debate on who is going to be president of the united states and we would rather hear what your plan is as far as education health care um those sorts of things that are huge issues in this country we'd rather hear like concrete plans and evidence and you know data to support why we, we would want to be behind your plan rather than oh my god can you believe this guy says this or like i'm better than him because of this or you suck which is what it's basically come down to is like a reality show yeah um, <clears throat> and we can see through that but i think a ton of people we'll see Trump attacking Biden and Biden floundering and you know not being himself and trying to be someone else just to match Trump's arrogant yeah you hope uh, attacks you hope you know, that's not the si- case they <laughs> would see that as like oh wow look he's really weak and he he's getting owned by Trump and like we can't have that guy like and that's really not the point obviously you wanna be able to hold your ground and <clears throat> be able to, but, but you just wanna be able to like, just show strength through adversity, you know, um, as especially as president and not let the media or anybody else shake your resolve to the point where you feel like you need to respond every single criticism and that's something that Trump is doing that has taken away so many things of which he could be doing in a more positive direction. Oh, for sure. And that's why I think you can't have a guy like that in this particular position. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of jobs he would be fine at, but president is not we were I mean the people were definitely wrong on that one.
0: Yep. I'm I'm probably the least certain about two candidates than I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that one of them is still based in Trying to be respectful and be a politician and whatnot, be—I don't know—the gentleman style of politician, and the other one is just a like a baboon that's been yeah. whipped or something and just screaming <laughs> out at every everything. Uh,
1: Let out of the cage.
0: Yeah, it's to me. I, I just hope that overall that people don't start adopting this. I just hope that Trump doesn't I, uh, I I hope Trump doesn't win for a number of reasons but I hope that Trump doesn't win for one specific reason in that I don't really want that to become a trend of like oh I can just yell and and just make up things on the podium and that's somehow going to come translate to me still winning the the office because I think the idea right now is that if you are respectful and if you're resilient and if you're a, a noble person in general, that that will win you the, the presidency. Yeah. But um, Trump obviously showed that you can go a completely different direction. You hope that that's just kind of an, an- anomaly, that it's a one-time thing. Right. Uh, and, but if he gets reelected, that would, yeah, that would, I guess, reinforce yeah, I, that idea
1: yeah i don't know if anything is out of the realm of possibility especially after last time i think people won't be as quick to say like yeah he's definitely out like biden's definitely gonna win Mm -hmm. even though you know all the major polls are currently trending in that favor i think it would be foolish for someone to just outright declare like don't worry everybody he's gonna be gone you know in the november election and so because i mean there's still a good amount of time for somebody to mess it up (laughs) so oh yeah 2020 has shown (coughs) anything it can be just a year of unexpectedness but what is expected is for people to continue to say outlandish things and receive criticism or not receive criticism based on who they are and this week was another example of that with Nick Cannon I don't know if you saw his remarks
0: yeah sort of I I went through that or I just kind of skimmed through those remarks he was defending someone what group was that that guy part of Um, the original comments
1: where he he was on a on his podcast with a guy that used to be in Public Enemy
0: Public Enemy that's it yeah
1: which he was kicked out of because of his anti-Semitism and he's a known and self-proclaimed anti-Semite and racist um, yeah And they were talking about, you know, similar things that, you know, that guy Farrakhan has has been saying for a long time about, you know, Jewish conspiracies with the banks and controlling the media and stuff like that, which is what he received the biggest, you know, backlash over and had to make an apology for. But I don't know, the craziest thing, well, obviously that's crazy and you shouldn't be promoting that sort of rhetoric anywhere um, if you have no idea what you're talking about in the first place. But I don't know if you saw his other comments where he was saying that just kind of promoting, I don't know, this idea that... um, People with more melanin in their skin aka black people um, are the true sons of Israel and the chosen people and the more melanin you have in your skin the more soul you have and the more um, closer you are to God is whereas the less melanin you have in your skin the more barbaric and animal like you are because yeah. you're afraid and you're uncertain of who you are, so you have to act like a savage in order to survive. Oh wow. Okay. So well, guess I'm fucked. <laughs> a claim a claim that is I even wear sunscreen,
0: so geez. <laughs> yeah, you're doubly screwed. <laughs>
1: Um, and he said, yeah, that. so the white people, when everyone was dispersed out of the chosen land or wherever it was, the white people moved to the Caucasus Mountains and Scandinavia. And they had to live where there was little to no sunlight all year mm-hmm. round. So they didn't need... You know, so they they had to they had to live in the mountains, the rugged conditions, and they had to uh, survive and act like animals and savages. So they're, you know, they're they're lower down on the totem pole of uh, humans than black people because solely they don't have as much melanin <laughs> in their bodies. So that was not the pro a problematic statement for what he said at all that was not brought up whatsoever in the mainstream media as really this could be an issue too no (laughs) he didn't he didn't apologize for that and in fact a ton of people came out and showed their support of him and were mad that his management fired him he's still going to be the host of you know all these shows that he's doing yeah hasn't been canceled He's just been fired from his management company because guess what? You're allowed to say whatever you want, but if, you're, if what you say is on a huge public platform mm-hmm. and it goes directly against our values, we don't want you a part of our company anymore. How? You, that's just a, a simple thing that's been happening throughout the history of time. Like, right. You know, you can say whatever you want, but just know that there's gonna be consequences to what you say. But the fact that that was just brushed over like, oh, yeah, I mean, he 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 just doesn't know what he's talking about or, you know, people are even trying to justify it or whatever. I mean, I think it's pretty outrageous (laughs) and I'm not saying like cancel him and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's pretty absurdly ignorant to say uh based in based in zero fact zero evidence at all Mm -hmm. and you're going to promote this garbage uh to millions of people and then just like not really have a genuine apology or even address the fact that that's a complete total lie yeah um i think that's pretty wild and just exposed even further nick cannon as a complete clown Um, Not that people didn't think he was before, but even now, I think people are going to say, like, and this guy's a complete fool and an idiot, and anything he says going forward, you can pretty much not believe, so, I don't know. It's it's pretty insane what people are saying now and still kind of getting away with it. I mean, can you imagine if, like, Ryan Seacrest, who's another wildly famous host of a lot of these types of shows and the canon host if he said the opposite thing like well people with melanin you know behave like animals and savages because of this and Mm. that and people with less are higher to god or you know more evolved or whatever you you know i mean (laughs) what in the i mean that guy would just be publicly stoned to death yeah So, and I'm not trying to say that Nick Cannon should be. Um, You can say whatever you want, but. You just want an equal reaction. uh, Well, yeah, I mean, just just highlight when people are saying egregiously uh, wrong statements that are not, that are racist, A, and B, not based in fact at all. This is all your opinion to justify, I don't know what, um. So just, you know, have a, call people out for, for lying, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair about that. And I'm not trying to suppress anybody from stating what they truly, if that's what you truly believe, you have the right to say it all day long. Like, I love, you know, I love people being able to say that because it exposes people for who they truly are and, the, and keep doing it. That's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so they so they largely focused on his support of the anti-semite comments. Yes.
1: But they didn't mention yeah. and anything about that's what about he apologized for and that's what that company fired him over. Yeah. Like we don't support anti-semitic views at all and and that's great. I mean, that's definitely a, that's problematic when you say those types of things, but didn't no one really looked at the other side of it, which is another issue of comments. So it's just that was just kind of a little strange to me that they didn't take the full scope of what he had said. Right.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, this is definitely a hot-button topic. Uh, for... It's difficult because I think that a lot of things are swinging totally in a in a new direction wherein if you are in in the minority, but you say something that's blatantly, and as you said, like you flipped it, right? If you said Ryan Seacrest were to say the same thing, but, you know, just literally say word for word the same thing, just flip it to from uh, a lot or from little melanin to a lot of melanin, etc., uh, being inferior, that—that's—I mean—it's incredibly prejudice, and but nobody, nobody calls it out, nobody says anything because it's the minority speaking on the majority, uh, and that's something that I've wrestled with because I—I innately just I bristle at that idea, uh, mainly because as an individual, at least I. I like to be as fair as possible. Um, mainly because I, the idea of me being fair, and sometimes I'll put myself in situations where it might not be advantageous to me, mainly because I want it to be fair for someone else. So on a personal note, when I hear these kinds of stories, it makes me bristle because then I think, well, what if I end up in a situation like that where uh, a person could extend a fair... Exchange, Or, you know, there could be a fair playing field, but I'm not afforded that because I am technically in that majority. I'm a cisgendered white male. And yeah, so you take examples where you want fairness across the board and you're not getting it simply because of the fact that one group is a majority and the other group is a minority. And I feel like maybe we're going to just continue doing that until I hope, I hope it ends, but I imagine it won't until you have both groups be an equal part or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just such a weird reaction to have. Uh, so yeah, I, I you know I, I, I don't have a good answer to be honest. It's just no,
1: I mean it's it's tough. It just it's just something that you know you're gonna see a little bit more of maybe. Um, and I'm not trying to be someone who's like I, you know, because it doesn't it doesn't bother me personally when people say something like that because I know it to be based in fiction. And I know that, but, but what bothers me is if people are allowed to say these things without correction, yeah. when they're clear fiction, is that now you have a bunch of people who see it as, well, I mean, I guess he's right because no one's condemning this sort of rhetoric and maybe there is something to it and it just kind of, it leads these more vulnerable people... Into believing um, something that is not based in fact at all, and that's that's my concern. Is like when you can't have an when you can't have an open dialogue about something, or if you can't refute someone without being labeled something, or say here's the facts of the situation. Like let's actually look at the full picture. Then that's where it can get. Get interesting. But I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I really think it comes down to people are kind of overcorrecting for things that have happened in the past. And I certainly understand that sentiment uh, because the things that happened in the past, especially when I hear certain people talk. They, they don't have a grasp of what horrendous things really happened. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about specifically uh, white, white people against uh, African Americans or black people in general. Um, yeah, and, and certainly I, I'm not, I mean, I'm certainly not qualified to, to really speak on it either, but uh, I, even I cringe when I hear people that, well, let's just say white people in general, and they, they're talking on this particular topic, and they're like, they, so, okay, a good example of this is like, if you're, if you're taking current day situations, they look at these minor inconveniences. There are these minor situations where uh, a black person is afforded, which is literally like they're afforded the same treatment as a white person, and then the white person gets offended because it's it's a change in the status quo, but they they don't really understand that their offense to the situation is inherently racist, uh, and they're like, well, why does it have to be that way? Like, why why does this black person now get to do this, right? Which is what you know I I do, but I do it a certain way. Why can't you do it that way as well? Um, well, it's not that simple, and. And like with the history of black, be, black people being oppressed constantly. I mean, just going back to the '60s, like it's crazy to me. Yeah. Like the the segregation, and I mean the segregation on its in its own right is just absolutely unfathom, unfathomable to me. Yeah. But uh, this kind of catch up culture that we're trying to create, I understand it's based in a, a right thought like it makes sense like you want you want to get as quickly as possible to complete fairness and equality across the board and there are certain white people that just don't understand that they it's it's so weird it's it's so, yeah it's, i
1: mean a lot of people just say that like the civil rights movement you know when segregation was outlawed yeah and um they're like well th- from that moment on yep. it was fine exactly. it was fair. like what's the problem yeah <laughs> but they don't understand that it doesn't just happen overnight mm-hmm. and there's so many law lo- there's so many different factors that contribute to the um the slow process of equality of opportunity for all especially for black people in a lot of different scenarios whether it be work or social situations or or anything economic opportunity and that that stuff just doesn't happen overnight right based in a country that was founded where slavery was a major institution i mean that's just you can't just forget your past that easily and the feelings that come along with it. Um, Obviously, huge strides have been achieved, and that's amazing, but, I I mean, it's just not all going to work itself out in one day, in one year, in a decade, in five decades. You know, it's just slowly but surely we hope to be moving in the right direction in a lot of ways we have, and a lot of ways we've let things by the wayside that are now being brought back up due to all the protests what happened to George Floyd and in a lot of way that's an amazing we've been able to really focus and put a magnifying glass on the areas of society that have been forgotten mm-hmm. um, and plenty of people are doing really great things to to highlight that and to make sure that we're really focused and on the right track to um, making this a nation of equality of opportunity no matter what your background race religion etc is and that's really what we want in the end Um, now can people seize upon this moment in time and and try to take that maybe too extreme. I, I, I don't know. I think that's, there have been examples of that for sure, um, where you can go massively overboard and we haven't seen the repercussions of it, but I think it could potentially backfire in some of these ways that people are expressing equality of outcome. I think that could be a bad, uh, something that could have negative co- uh, consequences in the future of this country, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, equality of outcome, absolutely. You want uh, equality of opportunity to yeah. to make something of yourself. The the input yeah. still has to come from the individual. Once the playing field at the beginning has been set to a to an equal standard, then it's up to that individual to to make the the effort to. Yeah. To get the outcome that they want, uh, unfortunately, and as you were talking about, right, like people, people don't get that. People don't. They, they, that's the problem. I guess. I guess ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Like a lot of white people think that I don't see the problem. Where we, you, the laws are all there. Like you're equal, right? Um, yeah. But that's that's not really the case. Uh, even though the laws are technically there. Uh, and certainly laws are still racist. Like certain laws are still uh,
1: discriminatory.
0: Discriminatory, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, even putting those aside for, for a minute, it's it's this idea that everybody's on the same playing field just because like once the civil rights movement happened and the laws were corrected and whatnot, suddenly everybody was, oh, and now we're equal. It's a, It's almost like a similar situation with like the North, the union winning... The war and the civil war i I remember i read a book by the last uh the last african slave that was still alive in the 19 i think he was like 1920s i want to say he was really old he was like in his 80s when he was telling this story and he was recounting how he was on the boat and these Union so like uh, on a boat going from one plantation to another plantation because they were being transferred and these union soldiers came up and were like what are you doing here uh, you're free like there's, and then but they just all all these slaves or all these now free individuals just kind of looked at each other and like well w- what do we do like we we don't know what to do so I think that's a great example of like okay the law changes how does that affect the individual I mean that still doesn't give a support structure around those individuals to elevate them up to a level of equality where they can actually build something from and that's really what it comes down to and i think that's probably one of my biggest problems with the republican agenda in general is that this bootstraps nature of hey we've we've released the chains okay now you're equal yeah. go do your thing and y- y- yeah, if you work as hard as i, I do exactly succeed. exactly yeah. if if yeah. i can do it then <clears throat> you can do it and it's like but that's yeah. that's not the case like you had you had hundreds of years of of Mm -hmm. non-slavery and and not being put in shitty public housing or shitty public schools or whatever it might be even even if you have like even if you have had that situation occur to you that's still not comparable to generations of racism against you or generations of institutionalized systems that that are effectively stifling your stifling your ability to to uh to, to go forward and make something of yourself. And then another problem is that a lot of white people will then pick an individual, let's say an African-American person who's incredibly successful. Let's take Barack Obama, for example. They're like, see, see, there it is, proof. This one person was able to, to, to get through. And in all reality, they had generations of their own ancestors like pushing really hard to get themselves out of the situation that they're in, they they are an anomaly. They're not they're not the standard, and what we should be aiming for is the standard of equality. And mm-hmm. that's it's just so hard for people to seem to like wrap their heads around. And even as I'm talking about, I understand like other people that are more knowledgeable would be able to listen to this and be like, okay, but you're missing this, and you're missing this, and you're missing all these different things that I'm not mentioning because I'm just not educated on the topic. So it's really frustrating. So, I, I, so that's, I guess ultimately just to tie this back to the previous conversation about Nick Cannon and whatnot and our Ryan Seacrest example, I think that's the difficulty. I, it's difficult for me to, to complain or to mention some of the unfair natures against the majority in these isolated situations when there's so much unfair from coming from the majority onto the minority, if that makes some sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think, I just think like you said that um, it's a lot easier for you and I to, you know, as a kid, hear the thing of, you know, if you work hard enough, Mm -hmm. then you can you can succeed in in whatever area you focus your energy and and time on but no one is but that's based on the socio-economic situations we found ourselves in and the education systems that we were easily exposed to growing up Um, I think that's why education is such a crucial element. And then when you see these lower income impoverished areas with lack of proper educational resources and very poor um, standards of living, um, that's when you get um, an outlook of my future is very limited to basically these few options because of the situation that I was born into presents a lack of opportunity for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether or not that's really articulated by people in that scenario, it's just a known and felt thing. I mean, I think it would be completely harsh to go into that environment as an outsider, as someone who's never like you or I, and just say, what are you guys doing? Like, just pull yourself up and work hard and it'll be fine. Like the opportunity just isn't there in those communities. So I think trying to find a way to build those communities up to where they can have a, um, opportunity for kids to learn and just find ways to improve themselves and therefore the community and those communities are based like you said in, in those long standing traditions that just don't die out with the civil rights movement um, so I don't know I was I watched a documentary about um, Stefan Marbury oh, yeah. recently and he's from a pretty rough neighborhood in New York. And I've seen with it, with a ton of documentaries about basketball, NFL players, rappers. um, The really successful ones that I've watched that have documentaries. It's all a very common theme of. You know, we want to get out of this situation because but our only uh, our only chances of succeeding are if I play in, a, in the NFL, if I play in the NBA, or if I become a rapper. Yeah. That's the only avenues of escaping this. Otherwise, I'm going to be in a gang or I'm going to be a drug dealer. And there's been so many stories of such great talent that have succumbed to their environment. Um obviously their decisions play a big part in it but if you if your world view is that limited to success i mean i don't know that's just terrible and that's just been such a common theme that i really really noticed with that stefan marbury documentary because he's like you know i had two o- older brothers who both played college basketball <clears throat> and they didn't make it to the NBA, and one of them had drug problems and i just wanted to work as hard as i could so that i i could avoid that and you know get my mom a house and get my family out of this bad situation but he was just like that was my only option yeah was just go to the nba and get make a living that way like wasn't gonna go to you know college and get a become a lawyer or a doctor or any other job it was just like this is this is what you're valued at if you can make it and this is your only opportunity so and and people like you and I like never I mean I never thought I would make the NBA <laughs> you know like well I did but- obviously like as a kid you're like oh man <laughs> like I love I will, I want to play for this team and I I want I'm going to one day going to do it but it's just like the older you get, you're like, all right, let's get real. Like, and for him, it was like, it's do or die. Yeah. So it's just another example, really.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. It's true. You are certainly limited by the resources around you and the environment that you're around, and uh, these certain expectations. And I'm sure the the amount of pressure and the amount of work that a person has to put in just for that it's it's pretty binary it's like you do this or you don't and if you don't here are your other options they're all illegal (laughs) so so then the i mean of course then that increases prison rates you put more police officers in that region like i mean it's just it just perpetuates itself uh and yeah to i just i don't know i it's gonna sound elitist frankly i don't give a shit because i I I just have encountered this so much, and I do think that ultimately can be fixed by education, like you said. But there's so many people out there that just point at a person that's successful, and they're like, "See, it's possible." And I, that's such a dumbass view to have, and it's so short-sighted. It's just like, "There's my example." It's like they. Like they're not using any brain power to try and yeah. and delve into, okay, well, what might've allowed them to become successful? Is that consistent right. across that entire culture or across that entire demographic? And the answer is no, like, it's just yeah, not. Like you are not Barack Obama. Ex- I'm sorry. Exactly. Just not. I it's, it's stunning to me. Uh, and, uh, it's, In a way, it's also even more commendable and more powerful when you see those individuals that come from these stricken, these poverty-stricken backgrounds, uh, institutionalized poverty-stricken backgrounds because they, they make themselves known and they make something great out of themselves in spite of the fact that the institution and a good amount of the population doesn't see them as having any problems. And that's, I mean, that's such a a difficult thing.
1: Succeeding in a really, uh, a system that, you know, was at one point designed to keep you down and still is really presenting itself with limited, very limited chances for progression and opportunity in order to escape that situation and make something really amazing of yourself is an incredible achievement over insurmountable odds but it also can be an inspiration to Mm -hmm. um, people who can identify with how they grew up as well Um, and and like i said a lot of those examples are athletes which is amazing too sure but not everybody is gifted athletically and has the drive and the will and determination to make it to the most elite level on earth Mm -hmm. so it's just it's just um there's got to be better ways of there's got to be better ways of getting to the equality of opportunity and letting your unique individual positive character traits um shine through and carry you to a position of uh, of success Um, you know you don't want people to just give something to you Um, because I think that sends the wrong message also Um, so it's very it's a fine line I don't I don't I don't claim to know anything about it but I saw an article where Asheville actually has passed a bill or legislation to proceed with reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I don't know if it's going to be in the form of money, but it, I think it'll be in the form of you know more money spent towards the Uh, opportunity for black businesses to come about, yeah, and um, companies to pledge to hire more black people in positions of management, whatever it is. Um, which, in some cases, if the these companies were not were huge companies and or we're diverse or we're discriminatory in any way, then obviously yes, you need to open the door to black people or people of color to be able to apply and get a fair chance at interviewing and being in this position, no matter what. Yeah. Um, That's that's great, I'm in support of that, but I just worry that it even be detrimental when taken way too far i'm not saying that they are or that they will i'm just saying if taken too far where it's like we're just going to bring people in based on the color of their skin is that even more detrimental to people of color mm-hmm. um, because it just is it just showing hey because you're black or whatever you're good enough to work here. You don't need to necessarily outwork, compete with, or perform in a way that would normally get someone a job. It's just because you are this, you therefore get this. Um, And I wonder about the long-term potential negative effects of a system like that. And I'm not saying that it's going to get that way, but it certainly It certainly came to my mind i don't know if that's it's wrong to think that way but it's just a a potential negative that i see if this is taken in a bad direction or we just go way beyond um, with the measures in a decision like that i don't know if that makes sense at all yeah
0: it makes complete sense i get what you mean i if you if I think if we had both talked about this like 10 years ago we probably would have laughed at the idea of like reparations uh, or at least at least I'll speak for myself I certainly would have because I, I would have been just a moron um, but now as strange as it seems like the, the the idea on a surface level it does seem strange to a lot of white people to just like hand out money to to black people just because of, uh, the, well, I guess everything that happened to them, but ultimately now that I've thought about it quite a bit more, I do, I do, I, I frankly, I think that there's a need for it. Um, and certainly more, it's difficult for me to dictate how it should happen, obviously as a white guy, but, um, even so, if I'm allowed to speak on this, you know, with impunity, with, uh, is it with impunity or without impunity? I think it's without, uh, isn't it? What's impunity? Isn't that consequence? Hold on, folks. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't
0: impunity, exemption from punishment. Okay, with impunity. Okay, yeah. if I may speak with with impunity for a second, uh, which is basically what I do on this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> 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 let's be real. You are allowed. Um, it, it says the white man to another white man. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll allow it. laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I do. I very strongly feel that, or I'm getting to this point where I very strongly feel that we need to specifically target uh, majority minority neighborhoods and start putting a lot more money in the community with with established community roots, like people that are yeah. leaders in that community. So, so I'm mm-hmm. saying not white people come in and be like, oh, you guys need this, you guys need this, this, and this, right. but have people that are already established trying to help the community, empower those people even more by giving them money and resources yeah. and stuff and just hands off and be like, okay, like, what do you need? What do you need from us? Um, just resources wise, you you come up with all the ideas, you do what you need to do. And I think that is a form of reparations that could Uh be specifically focused on minorities that I do think would help tremendously and at least start to even the playing field so that if a person, an individual comes home, that they feel safe in their home, that they feel like they have the resources that they can reach out, that they can go to the library, that they can... Go get an education. That's that's you know far better than than what they've experienced in the past. And so, but I, I, yeah, I, I agree on an individual note. It does seem wrong, and it also seems strange and uh, ineffectual to just hand people a lump sum. Here's five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay, reparations like that. I, I don't think that yeah. works. But if you're trying to promote yeah. businesses, if you're trying to promote uh, communities, and trying to build those up with their own infrastructure the way that it's working, um, I think that is that's I think that's the right way to go from my limited perspective that I have.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people when they hear reparations, they just automatically assume you're gonna take, you know, money out of my taxes or whatever and you're gonna give it to someone directly. Right. But you know, and that's why it has a massively controversial element to it but when you consider other avenues like you just said I think it then people can definitely start to understand and have more of a conversation and say okay well actually that that does make sense I don't you know do we have to still call it reparations I mean I, I don't know but I think that's that's definitely Maybe the more effective route to go down, ultimately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was that went that went that went, <laughs> that, went that went deep after Nick Cannon being a moron. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yeah. Well, sorry about that, everybody. Yeah,
0: sorry <laughs> folks, we didn't make you laugh. We started with coffee and we ended up with racism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not afraid to talk about the important things. The,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to bring up something else, but I think it's it's probably going to... I need to do a little more research on it, so I'll probably save it for next episode. Uh, but I'll prime it real quick. I, am, I doubt that You've read a whole lot into it, so it might be a good idea for me to prime it. Uh, China's hidden camps, The uh, they're taking people, I think, I believe from Muslim origin mm. in parts of China, and there are new satellite photos of them just bagging these people, like hundreds and thousands of them, uh, putting bags over their heads, loading them on trains, and then just... Uh, exporting them to these camps which are i guess i don't know if the technical term is a concentration camp but it's like a re-education camp so uh, pretty pretty scary stuff um and
1: well actually I, I i haven't really seen anything recently but i'm sure it's now kind of oh
0: i've got something i'll send it to you later
1: okay yeah but i have but i did let's see it might've been earlier this year or late last year. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Mesut Ozil from, um, Arsenal in Germany, um, soccer player put out a tweet or something on his Instagram talking about the minority Muslim population in China being, um, what I can't remember exactly what he said but like being killed or being Mm -hmm. you know isolated in some way and China was just like we're not going to show the Premier League if you don't in China if you don't shut this dude up right now right and Premier League was like okay (laughs) yeah basically just like the NBA yeah um and so they were like yeah we're just not going to show the Arsenal because it was like Arsenal Man City and they're like well that's not going to be playing in China so go f yourself for this guy and uh i don't th- i think everybody in England stood up for like Arsenal stood up for for him but i could be wrong i mean it was a huge backlash yeah. in both directions but he definitely was the first person for me that like spoke out and brought to light this stuff and i guess it's still going on at an alarming rate oh yeah i'll definitely look into it oh the
0: chinese ambassador was asked on air about it and they they showed him videos of it and the dude is fumbling about because he's like to- totally caught off guard oh my god it's so bad <laughs> it's so uh-huh. bad yeah I'll, I'll send it to you and we'll 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 discuss it in the next podcast because I'd definitely be interested yeah. in your take and like I said I have to educate myself further on it but it is it is a yeah. fascinating thing that's happening in the world and uh, I'd be interested in discussing it I will say just on the Uzel uh, situation I, I think mm-hmm. that sports teams or the NBA uh, MLS and Premier League and like all all these different like big organizations that are related to sports I really think that we need to start having this model of the economy that is, that has a China dependent and China independent style of, <laughs> of economics where you're, you're not paying players based off of the revenue that you're getting with the inclusion of Chinese viewers. As in like money. you're adjusting salaries to the, the money, the revenue that you're getting or profit, yeah, I guess revenue that you're getting with China independent. Uh, viewership so anything outside of china so just like the nba would just take into consideration of the united states or i guess north america south america europe africa but would not take into consideration china specifically and i'm sure uh, obviously the revenue would be decreased by those metrics but i think that that allows an organization to tell china like if china's like hey we're not going to show your stuff then in that situation the 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 company or whatever you want to call it, the organization can be like, okay, cool, we've already adjusted for this. So, uh, you know, it's not going to change profit. It's not going to change the revenue for the players. Certainly, it's going to affect the owners, but it's not going to affect the owners to such a degree that it's it's like China's just the bonus, you know, if, if right. that makes some right. sense. So, so, psychologically pre-preparing yourself for the fact that China's gonna yeah because you know China's <laughs> gonna keep doing this like that ultimately that's what's gonna happen oh, yeah. and eventually they are just going to cut cut you off so I you know it's it's that kind of stuff like you have to you have to think ahead and the the fact that the NBA was just kind of flopped over down, yeah China, is yeah. is really really frustrating. Um, so yeah. they they need to employ this kind of stuff so that they can be stronger in the fact that they're preemptive about how they think about their economics.
1: Totally, yeah, that'd, that'd be a great idea.
0: Okay, well that's all I've got.
1: Yeah, that's that's basically it for me. Um, I Actually, just want to recommend something on Netflix. Is the uh, there's a documentary? I don't know if it's brand new but it's on monty python it's <laughs> like a four-part documentary uh, it is amazing oh oh I'm it is so good uh,
0: yet again i might have to get netflix just for that <laughs>
1: yeah. you might be able to find it elsewhere but um, it's great i mean it goes from the origin and talks about you know starting with the show and then when they went to make the movies and up until basically now and what's um, it Do
0: you know what's called
1: uh let's see it's it's called Almost the Truth Lawyer's Cut (laughs) okay um yeah Almost the Truth and it's on Netflix and I don't know what else it would be on but um it's great because it you know all of them are there and interviewed um but the part, the part that I thought was really fascinating and cool was after the show, and they, they had made, like, a little movie and passed it around to a bunch of people, and it, it gained, like, cult status. And uh, they were like, we really want to make, you know, a full feature-length mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And that's when the idea of the Holy Grail came out and they talk about how they came up with the ideas and the writing process, <laughs> yeah. and just how they were trying to make it. And no one would fund the, yeah. the movie um, except for Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. Really? Yes. <laughs> like there's, there's a guy from Pink Floyd in it talking about like, yeah, I mean, we always loved that show and we believed in those guys and, we gave them like 120,000 pounds, which in the early seventies, that's a lot. Yeah. And that's when both bands were at like the height of their fame right, too. Yeah. So it was just pretty, pretty interesting uh, how, you know, they're like blown away by like these guys like us, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, talked about how Elvis, his favorite movie of all time was, monty python and the holy grail and they just were like it's the most surreal moment of our lives that's so good yeah <laughs> but yeah it goes it it's really cool i would love to check and, uh, that out really good yeah. documentary so. yeah
0: thanks for the suggestion i'm definitely gonna check yeah. it out all right cool well uh we will catch you next week all right. see you